Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? You awake? Come on, are you awake? Let's give our worship team a round of applause. Don't they do an amazing job? Love it, love it. Bible says put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Sometimes you have to, I, I don't know about y'all, but my clothes don't jump on my back. I actually have to go in the closet, be intentional, pick out some clothes, although they might look slightly different than your clothes. If you're wearing cinched jeans, I don't want to hear it right now. <laughs> but you have to be intentional sometimes about putting on praise for that spirit of heaviness. And I just, I, I just believe that every single... Every single Sunday morning, we come in and we say, Lord, we're going to start with praise. We're going to start with worship. You may say, this is my first time to see a full concert at church. Well, it's not a concert for us. This is a moment where we say, look, before we, before we dive into the Word, before we dive into the Scriptures and a message, we want to put ourselves in the position to receive something from you. We want to put you back where you belong, where you've always belonged, where you'll always be, whether we put you there or not. But in our heart, we put you in a position where you are worthy of our praise. So I love starting with worship. Well, my name is Braden. I am the pastor here uh, at Renew Life Church, and I know Leanne's already said this, but can we welcome all of our first-time guests? If this is your first time, can we welcome all of our first-time guests? <laughs> Glad you're here with us today. We're actually in the middle of a series called The Garden. Uh, we started this several weeks ago, and it just continues to grow. Josh started it. He spoke a couple of weeks. We had a guest speaker mixed in there, and then uh, I've been at it for the last couple of weeks, and I actually foresee this week and even one more uh, before we wrap this up. Uh, the, the idea of the garden is we have to understand as human beings that we weren't created to live in heaven. We were actually created to live on earth. Just let that sink in for just a second. We're all excited about what's going to happen when we get to leave this earth and go to heaven. And I, I'm so thankful that I am going to heaven someday. But guess what? Heaven's not the final destination. We were actually created as human beings to live on this earth. Now, not the earth we see today. It's kind of busted up and broken in some areas, and there's some things that aren't exactly the way God wanted them to be, but there was a time and a place when it was. It was called the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve saw what this earth was supposed to look like in its purest form. They actually got to live in the environment that you and I were actually created to live in as well. We were created to live in an environment where we did not have a need. How many of you guys think that you'd be okay with that if we didn't have to worry about your needs getting met all the time? Adam and Eve were not concerned about their needs. They were living from a place of desire. They had, a, they had this amazing garden with every single one of their, their needs met. That was the, the place that they, were, that they were in. That's the place that you and I were created to live in, a place of no need. They were in a place of, uh, of God-breathed purpose. They had a, a purpose. God not just, didn't, didn't just give them everything that they needed, but inside... Uh, all the fruits and vegetables, there were seeds. And he said, okay, take this principle of seed time and harvest and now expand the garden. So he gave them a purpose of expanding the garden. So they had all their needs met. They had a God-breathed purpose and there was no guilt and shame. There was not even the knowledge of good and evil. And then we know of the two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And it's interesting, the last couple of week, weeks we've talked about what was the purpose of that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There was, there was one commandment in the entire garden, one thing. They had one rule to follow, just don't eat of that tree. And do you realize that every single time they walked by that tree and looked at its beautiful fruit and said, man, that looks so delicious, 
But he said, don't do it. I'm going to go over here. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to eat of this other tree. I'm going to go this direction. Every time they did that, they were declaring his lordship. Every time they walked past that tree, that tree of knowledge of good and evil, and obeyed that command, they were declaring with their actions, you are Lord. You get to decide what I do and what I don't do. I don't care how delicious it looks. I don't care how I feel right now. You are Lord. That we were created to live in a position where we have all of our needs met, relationship with God, a God-breathed purpose, but we were also created to have things in our lives that positioned our heart for the rest of eternity that even though we have all these things, you are still Lord. And there are still things today that God's put into place that, that you and I have access to and are, are called to follow. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've talked about this, this Bible, these scriptures, this word. This, these scriptures actually serve in our everyday lives, if you want to call it this, as almost like little miniature trees of, the no, of knowledge of good and evil. There, anytime we see a scripture that says, this is how you're supposed to relate to people. This is how you're supposed to handle your finances. This is how you're supposed to raise your children. Here's some things you're supposed to do. Here's some things you're not supposed to do. Every time we do these things, it's like us walking past the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and say, okay, although I have feelings and desires that I want to do, this tells me not to do them. He is Lord. My emotions, my feelings, my thoughts, my opinions are not. I'm walking past that tree. Now, the beautiful thing is every time we walk past that tree, every time we acknowledge that he is Lord, we regain access in the spirit realm to what the garden provided to Adam and Eve, unlimited resources, our needs being met, freedom from guilt and shame, a God-breathed purpose. How many of you guys all want those things in your life? We all were created to need those things in our life. And as long as we position him as Lord in our life, that was the only thing that got Adam and Eve removed from that garden was them saying, you know what? I know you've said this, but you, I, I'm going to position my feelings and even another person's opinion, this snake's opinion, I'm going to position it as Lord in my life for a time being. And not positioning him as Lord removed them from the garden. And so the last couple of weeks we've talked about uh, just what that looks like to lean into, to, first of all, the scriptures, the word, the Bible, and allowing this to be the Lord of our lives. Today, I want to talk about something different. I want to talk about the lordship of the Holy Spirit. The lordship of the Holy Spirit. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis chapter 1. Uh, we're going to read some scriptures there. But I, how many of you guys have, understand the concept of the Holy Spirit? If you've heard the term Holy Spirit, raise your hand. You've, you've heard the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys were in a church where you, the Holy Spirit was talked about a lot? Raise your hand. How many of you guys were in a church where you're told, don't talk about him? He might make us do something crazy. <laughs> I think that's one of the, the, the underlying myths about the Holy Spirit, and we'll get to that today. Um, he, he's not the one that wants you to do things, that makes you do things crazy all the time. Uh, he's actually here to help. But I want, I want to read some scriptures where we start to see this. Now, first of all, just a little preface of, of, of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, you go into day 1, God create, God said, let there be light. Uh, day 2, I wrote them down so I wouldn't get them out of order. Day 2, he created the sky and the atmosphere. Day 3, dry land, plants and trees. Day 4, the sun, the moon, and the stars. Day 5, the fish and the birds. And every single one of those days, every single one of those scriptures begins with, and God said. And God said, let there be. And God said, God said, God said. So let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 24. And we find ourselves at day six. Now check this out. It says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and cre creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. 
And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Now check this out. Then God said, let us. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. If you're reading this for the first time, picture yourself reading this for the first time. If this is the first time, you may already be seeing where we're going here. But imagine reading this for the first time. You're reading the Bible for the first time, and you're watching how God said, God said, God said, God seems singular. Am I right? God said, God said, God said. And all of a sudden, in verse 26 here, it says, Then God said, which appears singular, let us, plural. We see the singularness of God and the plurality of God in just a few short words. Now, if you go on and study this inscription, you may know where I'm going with this. When God said, let us, he's referring to the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. Say, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear that. God the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. See, just as much as our Heavenly Father needs to be Lord of our, of our lives, just as much as the Son Jesus needs to be the Lord of our lives, so then does God, the Holy Spirit, need to be the Lord of our lives. God, the Holy Spirit, has got to be the Lord of our lives. Now, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, one of the most difficult things surrounding the Holy Spirit, apart from some myths, from experiences and things you've heard and whatnot, but I, what I've come to understand is one of the most difficult things about following the Holy Spirit or even allowing the Holy Spirit to be the Lord of your life is recognizing His voice. Who in here today would be honest enough to say, I, you know, I don't know all the time if I'm 100% hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. I, I think I am. I'm trying to. I, I, I'm going after that. See, the, what, what I love about the scriptures, the scriptures are very black and white. Now, granted, are there some room for interpretation in these, but at least there's something concrete to start with. Whereas the Holy Spirit, at times, it's like, I don't even know where to start with you. Like, it's almost like when you, when, when you first get married and, and you're, you're, you're listening to your wife talk, and you're, in, and, and you're in trouble for something, and you have no idea what it is, and you're like, I'm hearing the words that are coming out of your mouth, but I have no recollection of what you're saying, and, I, and actually the fact that I'm in trouble, and I asked you earlier, did I do anything wrong, and you said no, but I'm fairly certain I'm in trouble for something, and it's like, can you just write down what you want me to do every day, and I'll just follow the list and stay at least 10 feet away. <laughs> Honestly, I think at times that somewhat describes our relationship with the Holy Spirit. I can read a scripture. I can read a commandment. Thou shalt not kill. Got it. I, I got it. I, 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 can, I, I can do that one. <laughs> Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's an easy one. There's no room for interpretation there. The fact that, I won't go into some of that, but. 
Some of these are easy. Some of these are they're black and white. They're concrete. If all else fails, I can go back and I can read it again, and the words don't change. But the Holy Spirit is not, he's not in the general things that the Scriptures are concerned about. The Holy Spirit's in the details. See, I can read this scripture and I can learn that, the, that this scripture tells me that when it comes to marriage, marriage is between a husband and a wife. Right there, right off the bat. That's what a relationship is. He cre- we can even go back because this seems to be a thing on, on the news today. He says, and God created them male and female. That's what you are. One of those. There was not a C. Or a D, or an E, or an F, or a G, or a, I'm running out of letters, I think, in our culture. He said, that male and female, he created them, and he, calls, he called us to get married to one woman. One husband, one wife, one marriage. But you know what he didn't say? Which husband? He didn't say, which wife? He didn't say, which day? When, we, when, when should we get married? When is the right time to ask her? When? when some of those details, and it, it, can we just be honest? Most of us in here today, we don't struggle with some of the big things. We don't struggle with, I'm married, I know I'm supposed to be married to one man. The, 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 the struggle is in the details of, how do I keep from slapping that man? <laughs> you know you're not supposed to cheat on him. You know you're not supposed to kill him. You just need to know how not to choke him. See, most of real life is, is not in the generalities. If, if you live in the generalities, you're probably pretty boring. I'm just going to, it is what it is. It's the details that make life amazing. Uh, I have a, my youngest daughter, this has nothing to do with the message today. My youngest daughter <laughs> yesterday went to a wedding, and I'm telling you, I have never seen her I've seen her dance around the house, but all of a sudden, something came over her, and she was ripping it across the dance floor, something straight out of Dirty Dancing, which I don't know where she got that, but her mom's probably been watching this movie she's not supposed to be watching. And... But it's like, it's the, the fun of life, it's in the, it's in the little details, it's in the little details of, 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 their pers- of your children's personalities, your wife's personalities. It, the, the real part of life is in the details. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit, his job, it is the details. His job is the details. His job are the little things that you may not find in Scripture. He, 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 does, he does know which person you are supposed to marry. Not just which gender, which this, is, this clearly outlines. He actually knows the actual person. He actually knows the best time for you to get married. He actually knows the things that you've dealt with your whole life, and he knows that this person has a grace on their life that's going to help you overcome this issue in your life. And he already sees all the details in the future about how the two of you are going to work this thing out where you're covering them and they're covering you and you're helping them and they're helping you. The Holy Spirit's involved in the details. But we have... If we don't, one, acknowledge that he exists, acknowledge that he has a place in our life, and acknowledge that he is God and that he is also Lord in our lives, we're going to miss some little trails in life. We may get the big highways right, 
But we might miss a few of the little off-ramps where God has something special for us on this little off-ramp. And we might just stay on the boring interstate the rest of our life because all we ever follow is the black and white scriptures because we've never leaned into the lordship of the details, the lordship of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is involved in the details. See, I grew up in a, in, in a church where um, the... The, the Holy Spirit was described as a still, small voice. Who's ever heard that? The, the, you've heard the still, small voice. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I, I was like, I was studying this, and the Lord was showing me some things, and I was like, still, small voice. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. He's like a still, small voice, because I, I wanted to help. How do we hear the Holy Spirit? What's he, what's he sound like? And I have a bunch of examples in my life, but I was going back to some of the scriptures, and I read, the, I, I found the, the, the scripture where it said a still, small voice, and the, the Lord began to show me something. I think, it's, I think it's profound. I hope you think it's profound. 1 Kings chapter 19. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there, but I'm just going to read for the sake of time. You can get there. Uh, 1 Kings 19. Now, this is, this is the word of God. Elijah's having this encounter. The prophet Elijah's having this encounter with God, and God is speaking to him. It says, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. Everybody go, Wow. But the Lord was not in the wind. Okay. Don't know what the wind was about, but apparently he wasn't in it. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, when I read that, I was just looking for a still small voice. But when I went back and read that, I went, hang on just a second. I know of another story in the scripture where there was a great wind, and then there was fire, and then there was voices. Anybody know where I'm going with this? The book of Acts, the day of Pentecost. We see this same thing foreshadowed. And if you go on and read the rest of, uh, of 1 Kings 19 there, you'll see that whole little passage there, it almost seems out of place. Because, just read it for yourself. It almost seems out of place. Until you connect it with Acts chapter 1. Listen, when, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from the heaven as a rushing mighty wind. We got the wind again. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then it appeared to, and it, there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. We got the fire again. And then what happens? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit or gave them utterance. Or you could say this, as they heard the still, small voice speak to them. Now, why I think this is profound and why this was profound to me was the Holy Spirit gets a reputation for all the big stuff. And most people, you know what they're really afraid of? They're afraid of all the big stuff. Now, hang on a second. If I get filled with the Holy Spirit, is he going to make me start speaking in a bunch of gibberish? Well, let me just say this. This is the first time we see a, in the, a New Testament infilling of the Holy Spirit. Here's what happened to them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I would be in error if I did not tell you that the majority of the time when people receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that tongues is not an evidence of that. I didn't make this up. I just had to preach the Bible that he wrote. <laughs> I don't get to interpret it. 
Does it, if, if it makes you feel weird, that's between you and him. I'm just telling you, this was an evidence of it. I have been speaking in tongues, and I was trying to think about this, I, I think since junior high. Is it junior high, or was it even elementary? It, it, my mom, it's my mom on the front row. She's helped me remember my life. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, pretty much as long as I can remember, I have been speaking in tongues. It was, it was something that, I, I, in worship, I, I'll just be honest with you, I, don't, I, I, I make up my own worship because I'm usually worshiping in tongues. That's, 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 it's my prayer language. You're not going to hear me get up here and do it all, all from the platform because that's not what the Scripture teaches it that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be speaking things that you can understand. Now, if the, there's gifts and there's tongues interpretation, which we won't get into that today, but I'm just telling you, I want you to know that I have been speaking in tongues pretty much my entire life. Now, several years ago, well, let me back up one step. I cannot tell you how much peace speaking in tongues has, has, has brought to my life. Here's, what, here's the simplest version of, of, of tongues that I can give you. When this says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, when I am in a situation where I don't even know what to pray, I don't know what to do and I dang sure don't know what to pray, I have a, I have a tool in my arsenal called tongues where I can submit my body to the utterance of the Spirit and I can allow the Holy Spirit himself to pray to God in heaven. Now, how many of you think that might be a pretty accurate prayer? If the Spirit of God is praying to the Father God, I would suggest to you that that is the most accurate prayer you could ever pray. If we're called to, be, to live lives of prayer, and we constantly find ourselves in situations where I don't have a clue what to do or much less what to pray, if I have a tool that allows me to follow the, the commandment of prayer and it's actually the Spirit himself using my body to pray to God, that's probably a pretty good prayer. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I think God knows how to pray to God. <laughs> so as odd and as strange as it can seem at times and may seem to you right now, you're like, what? You invited me to church, and he's talking about this the first time. We gone. Um, <laughs> here's what I want you to understand out of this. I have, I have been speaking in tongues my, pretty much my whole life. Several years ago, I had an encounter that I do not have a scripture to back, up with, to back it up with. I used to pray in the Spirit every morning on my way from my house to work. I would pray in the Spirit, and I took the same route all the way home. One random day... I'm driving to work, and, I'm, and I worked at a church. I'm driving to work, and I turn onto this street. I kid you not, I started praying, and I was praying in tongues. All of a sudden, my tongues turned into a rap song. <laughs> I'm telling you, I felt the same way you're probably feeling right now. I was like, what is this? I am not Eminem. I am not an original gangster. I am from post-Texas. There are no original gangsters in post-Texas. There's not even unoriginal gangsters in post-Texas. And I'm, you wouldn't talk about, freak me out. And I mean, it started with this beat, and it was like this song, and I was like, what is going on right now? And I got off. It was this one street, and I turned off the street, and it stopped. And I was like, just put drugs and materials. <laughs> Only thing I can think of, drugs and materials. And I kind of, honestly, I was just a little weirded out by it. I was like, okay, 
that was weird. I got to, whatever. So the next morning I get in my truck and I started having that thought. I was like, what if, nah. So I drive down the road. I turn on that street again. I'm praying in the street again. It happened again. And I, by this time I am, I, I am weirded out. I'm just being honest with you. I'm leaning into the Holy Spirit. I'm leaning into the prayer life. I'm leaning into the, to the, to the depth of the relationship I have with the Holy Spirit thus far in my life. But now some, some strange stuff's happening. Make a really long story short. I went to my pastor and I said, hey, I got, I got, a, I got a demon or uh, I think I got Eminem's demon or something because I've been driving to work in the morning and I said, I, I need your help. This is what's going on and I don't really know what this is about. And he just busted out laughing. He's like, that's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. And I'm like, I need your help right now. Can you focus on me for just a second? And uh, Honestly, he didn't have an answer. And he said, you know, sometimes things happen in our life that make us wonder. That's why they're called signs, wonders, and miracles. I wonder why that's happening. <laughs> Fast forward a little bit more. I think this is over and done with, never to be spoken of again. And I used to go to a church where we had what we called Holy Ghost services. Anybody ever been to a Holy Ghost service? Praise Jesus for you. All the Baptists in here are going, what did he just say? Are we finished? <laughs> Joke, sorry. Had to throw one in there. We're having a Holy Ghost service, and at this time, I, was the, I, I worked in the technical team. I was in the back behind the scenes with sound and lights, and I was happy back there. I, I was happy back there. And our pastor's on the stage, and we got the whole worship team up there, and they, he says, uh, he says uh, hey, I got one for y'all. Y'all ever heard anybody rap in tongues? Oh. I'm telling you, I've honored my pastor my whole life minus 10 seconds. And I was saying things about him under my breath. I swear to God, you sorry. Mm. Jesus, come now. Rapture. 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 I was terrified, absolutely mortified. And I, and I just looked at him from the stage. I had my little headphones on it. I was, I was one of those guys. I got to wear the headphones. And I was going, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And he was looking at me going, uh-huh, mm-mm, And he goes, yeah, I, I got a guy on my staff that can rap in tongues. <laughs> Jesus, stop right now, please, Jesus. And I mean, I'm terrified, absolutely terrified. He calls, he, he says, hey, Brandon, I want you to come up to the front. So I came down to the front, and I was like, I cannot believe this is happening to me. I cannot believe this is happening in my life. There's actually a few people. Who Raise your hand if you were in here. I know a couple people. You, you got to witness this. There's a couple bookends over here that actually got to see this happen. And they know me. They know I don't rap. They know I don't dance. They know, I, they know a lot of things about me. And so they, I, I get up there, and he says, yeah, give him a mic. And so I, I don't know what came over me, but my, Leanne was the worship leader at the time, and she's got the band back here. And she's looking at me going, and it was, as God is my witness, I just did the only thing that I knew to do. And I turned around to the drummer and I said, give me a beat. <laughs> it's about to go down. <laughs> and it did. Well, let me, let, but to try to wrap this nonsense up, let, let, let me just say what happened. I had, I had spent my whole life praying in tongues, getting great peace from my prayer language, getting great answers. I, it was a, but it was a very private moment for me. 
But then I have this very one-time weird radical encounter where I prayed in tongues and rap and I didn't know what to do with it. Now my pastor's called me up here and I'm having to do this in, a bunch, in front of a bunch of other people. But can I tell you what happened that day? I was a little, I'm a bit more reserved than you might think if you were to know me now. All of a sudden, the fear of man's opinion about me began to break off my life. I'm just going to tell you right now. When your pastor calls you on stage and says, rap in tongues, you cannot care what anybody thinks about you. But what I'm telling you is my, my ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit that was very private, that wasn't weird, that wasn't spooky, that wasn't strange, it was me and Him, it did nudge me into an experience and caused me to have an experience that forever changed my life. I, I, I still talk to people today that say, I remember that like it was yesterday. It changed my life too, watching you <laughs> rap in tongues. Because I, all, I, I just had to do whatever the Lord told me to do and not care what anybody else thought. Do you know how many, you may not even know this about yourself, every single person in this room here today, you deal with the fear of man. You deal with the fear of man's opinions. You deal with the fear of what he thinks and what she thinks and this person thinks and what they, we all deal with that. It was a stronghold in my life. I had my pastor tell me one time, I was having a, a moment with him, and he said, when are you going to take the mask off and start acting like yourself? And I responded, I love you too, pastor. That's how bad I was. Now, I remember, I remember that moment. I remember that moment with the Holy Spirit. I remember it was radical, it was strange, it was off the wall. But did you know that's not been the norm in my life? Between some of these more, and I, and I can go on, and, and next week I'll share some more stories because I've had, I've had some increasingly strange, powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit. But you know what they were filled with? A lot of very, very normal experiences with the Holy Spirit. I propose to you today that the essence of the Holy Spirit is not the wind, it is not the earthquake, and it is not the fire. It is the still, small voice that is available to you every day of your life. He's gotten credit for all the wind and the earthquake and the fire. But if you go back to the teachings of Jesus, and, you, and, and I don't have time to go to all these scriptures, but in John chapters 14, 15, and 16, you know what you're going to find? Jesus himself introducing the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself telling his disciples, here's who's coming, and here's what he's going to do. You know what you don't hear? Earthquakes, fire, wind. You know what you hear? He's going to be a guide to you. He's going to be a helper to you. He's going to be a teacher to you. He's going to remind you of all the things that I've done. He's going to remind you of all the things that I've said. And he's going to use you to glorify me in heaven. Not crazy town. Not all the big stuff. Can I just say this today? The essence of the Holy Spirit is an intimate, personal, still small voice type relationship just between you and him. To do what? To give you the details for your life. To fill in all the gaps that maybe the scriptures don't cover. To tell you not just should you get married, but to tell you who you should marry. And when you should get married. To tell you how many kids you're supposed to have. To tell you which job to take. To, whether you to tell you whether you should or should not go on that vacation. He wants to help you with the details. 
But you have to learn to let not just God the Father or God the Son be the Lord of your life, but God the Holy Spirit wants to be the Lord of your life as well. And Him being the Lord of your life begins with having a relationship with Him. For so long, so many people have avoided this thing like it's something that's going to mess with their world. Let let me rephrase Jesus again. He's going to help you. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. The Bible says he's going to show you things to come. He says he knows all things and he's going to show you all things. There's a person. His name is the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. He is God. He's supposed to be the Lord of your life, but he wants to start a relationship with you today. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland-Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.